Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Okay, my name is David, and I am an alcoholic. And uh, I don't make any notes because if I make notes, you know, I get confused. If I get confused, I get nervous. And if I get nervous, I get stuck, and then I'm going to be all over the place. So... Anyway, um, I tr- I'm going to try to speak a little bit of uh, step six. And, but first of all, I'm going to tell you, you know, to make sure that I qualify as an alcoholic. So let me tell you a little bit what happened to me, you know. So ever since uh, I remember, um, so you're going to tell me? I got you to tell Okay, okay. Uh, I know I have an issues. I know I have problems, and I know I was different. I was this very shy, very scary, very scared uh, kid. I, I was really f- fearful. Uh, I knew from the beginning that I, that I did not fit in. In any place, I was afraid about, uh, about just about everything, you know? I was afraid of people. I was afraid of thunderstorms. I was afraid of the devil. I was afraid of God. And first of all, I was afraid of my father. You know, so, so, and I don't know how to, I, I knew that I was different because, you know, my, my brother, he didn't have any issues with my father, you know. He was not afraid of him. He, you know, he, you, you know, used to stare at, at him and, you know, just said, you know, what's going on with you? Not me, you know, I was terrified of him. So the, the problem that, you know, the solution that I have to all those issues, you know, when I start growing up a little bit, I find the solution. You know, my, uh, uh, when I start, you know, touching alcohol and drinking a little bit and finding out that all my fears, all this stuff that I was scared of, you know, I got a little mellow. You know, I was not afraid anymore about so many things that I was afraid when I was sober. So what happened after that is that, uh, you know, sure enough, the blackouts, you know, they often start right away, you know, and the hangovers start right away. So after that, I find out the solution for the hangovers. You know, after that, I find out, you know, in the morning, a little bit, you have a little shadow vodka or a little shadow whatever it was in my path because I did not care what was in my path. I drink anything, you know. I, I, I was, you know, people that say that my favorite beer was this and that and that. Not for me. I like the, the effects of what alcohol gave me. You know, because as I tell you before, I was not afraid when I was drinking. You know, and instead of being a pussycat, I was a goddamn tiger or a lion, you know. I was not afraid of nothing, goddammit. So, but uh, what happened when, uh, when you start drinking again in the morning because you are afraid of the hangovers? Uh, uh, then immediately, almost right away, the alcohol takes, takes over your mind. You know, and I, in that time, I didn't realize that I was a sick person, that I have a disease that is named an alcohol. 
alcoholic. So, so the only the only way that I can deal with life is when I was drinking. And let me tell you something about my drinking. I it happened to I was I never thought that anybody drink the way I drink. You know? I'm telling you, right now I know, you know, what I'm talking to you, what I'm alive, because it's a miracle that alcohol did not kill me. You know, definitely a miracle. Because, uh, you know, the destruction that I, that I did when I was drinking is a definitely for the grace of God. Now I know. Because you name it what I did, you know. I drunk, I drove drunk hundreds of thousands of times. I crashed cars over the telephone pole and the police got me and they didn't give me a ticket. You know, I was in the cornfield, you know, with the, with the engine of the car running and I'm in the middle of the goddamn uh, cornfield with the police lifting me up and I'm full of pee all over the place, you know. I destroyed marriages, not just mine. Some other people's marriages, you know, because I didn't give a shit about anything. See, when I was young, when I was about 15 years old, uh, I have a broken heart. So my, my girlfriend loved me for somebody else. So ever, ever since then, nobody's gonna hurt me again. So ever since, you know, uh, revenge begins, get even and begins, you know. So for me, you know, women was just uh, a, uh, a pleasure and getting even because what this little girl did to me when she was 14 years old and, carry, and I carried that all, all over my life, you know. So, you know, I had to, you know, deal with the tremendous hangovers and the, and, and the panic of not having alcohol in, in, in close by, you know, when I, when I have, uh, you know, the, the shakes in order for me to calm my nerves a little bit. So, again, you know, I, I heard my wife, my ex-wife, my kids, I lost jobs, I lost uh, friends, I lost uh, people that were, you know, uh, close to me, because number one thing for me was an alcohol. You know, alcohol becomes, became my life, you know. I, 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 th I think about that alcohol 24 hours a day. When I was drinking, you know, I lost my appetite. So in order for me to eat, to have something in my stomach, it was to put a little alcohol in whatever I was eating. Whatever, the only thing that it could, can, can stay in my stomach was the, the Roman soups or, or noodle soups because I used to put booze in it. So I, imagine the, 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 the torments that I live my entire life and I cannot stop drinking. <laughs>
you know. One time I crashed my car, you know, with a police officer because I didn't hear the siren were no, you know, the police was getting, we was gonna go to a heavy duty accident. So I crossed the road anyway, and the, the cop had the siren on, you know. The problem is that he crashed into me and the whole uh, side door, get, get, he got in almost into the uh, steering wheel. And my kids was in the, in the back. I have a, a five-year-old uh, kid with his friend in there, you know? And then on top of everything, I blame the police. I tell it's the police's fault because I always had to uh, justify myself, you know? So, 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 uh, and nothing stopped drinking, you know? I, I swear a thousand sometimes that I was not gonna drink again, you know? And all of a sudden, you know, a few, a few days passed by and I start drinking again, nothing can stop me from drinking. You know, the reason I'm saying all, all, all these things is because uh, you're not gonna go to the steps a little bit, but I wanna tell you that, you know, my life was, you know, was, uh, was, uh, was drive, driven by a, a hundred uh, uh, forms of fear. You know, the reason I drink so heavily and the reason that I can stop drinking is because I have, you know, and a, a, a mental obsession, you know. Now I know, you know, I wish I knew a little bit then, you know, and when I start drinking, I can't stop drinking. It's all over for me. If I had the first drink, it's all over. I used to go to the bars, and I was the first one in, and the one, the one, the, the last one out. And and hundreds of times they used to kick me out of the bar and they used to tell me, the bartenders, I don't give you a drink anymore, you have enough, you drink bottles and bottles or, or, or whatever it was, you know, so nothing more for you. So, so there is no doubt about it that I am an alcoholic, you know. I moved from New Jersey to Mexico because alcohol. I, I moved from Mexico to San Diego because of alcohol, because I cannot hold jobs. You know, I can't uh, operate anymore. I, I, I can't produce anymore because, you know, alcohol took all over me. All, 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 all my thoughts, it's just about alcohol. So anyway, uh, when I, uh, when I uh, uh, start, when I get sober this time, you know, is when I, when, when, uh, a miracle happens to me. Now in the program, I know it's a miracle. You know, I crashed the car, my car, you know, I bumped into somebody because I went to buy my bottle of, of, uh, of vodka. I used to go to the pharmacies because I don't want nobody to see me that I they go to the bus and, and they know I was, drink I was buying booze. I was afraid of it. I was af af afraid about every single thing. So I, bu I bump into somebody and, uh, and the guy didn't have a driver's license. So I gave him, you know, I said, look, this is all I have, a hundred bucks, you know, if it's, it's, you know, if it's okay with you, then, 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 then there's nothing I can do about it, you know. So he took the hundred dollars and, you know, about a quarter of a mile after I crashed to somebody else from behind, you know? And the police was right in front of that. And luckily this is, the, the, the lady was an oriental lady. 
she came back out of the car and, and, and she immediately knew that I was drinking. And she asked me if I was drinking, I said yes. So she pulled me out of the door. I'm gonna make this, this thing short because I don't think I have enough, enough time. So she pulled me out of the, out of the road and, 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 and she said, the police is right here. You know, if we call the police, it's gonna be all over for you. So that was my garden angel. I called that my garden angel because that's the last time I drank, you know. And, uh, and I started, you know, coming to Alcoholics Anonymous. So right now, all I can tell you that I'm grateful that I'm here. I'm grateful that I found BBA because without BBA, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm almost positive I could never get better. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in, in this room since 1987, you know, and I could never, never give up the thought of one day to, you know, that I was gonna drink again. So I never surrendered myself to alcohol. I thought I did, but I never did, you know? And, um, and um, when, I, when, we start, when, when we start doing the, the BBA work with Oliver, Michael, Luis, Shad, I don't know if there's anybody else here. I start, for some reason, for the grace of God, you know, it's starting to, to get the message. Because I never did the steps, I never did, I never read the book, the, 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 the big book. So I didn't understand what was going on. So, so when we start doing the, 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 the steps in BBA, I have an sponsor because uh, uh, I never believed in my sponsors before. So, so something happened immediately to me that I cannot stop coming to the, to the meetings. I start to feel better. I start to obey and I start to see that things were changing on me. You know, so finally when we did the steps, so we started doing the, this, the step one, and uh, we, that I admitted that I was powerless over alcohol and that my, my life became unmanageable. I know that I was unmanageable before, but I, I never thought I was gonna give up alcohol. You know, something my mind was telling me, you know, uh, that, uh, that uh, no, you can't give alcohol. I always, you know, never surrendered to it. So anyway, that was the first step. You know, when I get to the second step and, 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 and I come to believe that power greater than myself can, 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 can bring me to serenity, how it was, serenity, serenity, you know, that's when the light start coming up in my, in, in my, in, in me. You know, I remember very clearly when, uh, when my sponsor, Rene, told me, you know, to sit down and listen and have an open mind and be willing. So this is the first time that, you know, finally I have a little bit of a, five minutes? Oh, I, I'm, I'm never gonna get it to, to, to step six. <laughs> well, anyway, so let me, let, me, let me get to step six. I, I can't believe it went so much time, so I wanna talk step, about the steps, but anyway, you know, this is, this is, 
This is what, I, when I, what I'm going to talk about is step six, okay? In order for me to do a step, step six, I had to do a step five. You know, and a step five then is, is when you unblock yourself from you to, from me to the love of God, okay? And I got it. I am very grateful to this man, you know, that I did the correct uh, uh, five step with him because he, not give, he didn't give me the easy way, you know? And he showed me the way and he, with his experience, you know, how to do the step five. You know, how to get rid of all my, my, uh, my secret, especially, you know. All these things that I thought I was going to take it to the, to, the, to, the, to the grave. Finally, I was telling it to somebody. You know, finally, I was telling it to somebody, to myself, and to, and to uh, I mean, and to, to God, and to another human being, and to myself. You know, all my different, all, all the, 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 uh, stuff from my past, you know, all this stuff that I thought I was going to take it to, to my grave. And when I get to step six, you know, when I find out, they say that step six is when, when, when the, 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 the difference in, from between a man than a boy. You know, what are they saying that? Because, you know, when I was willing to give it to God, Every single diff uh, uh, defect of the, uh, that I have in my life, every single little thing that I did wrong in my life, all the destruction in my life, you know, I was finally given, you know, was willing totally to give everything to God, you know, is when I start to get, you know, better. It's when I start to say, look, God, this is, well, in step seven, I, I, I let God to take care of that. You know, when I, when I give it to God, you know, that God was going to take care of my drinking, especially, all my nightmares, all, all, of all this, you know, nights, sleepless nights, you know, that I used to roll over, you know, with cold sweats and with the, with the stream of, uh, of, uh, of hallucinations, you know, seeing things from the, you know, spiders, you know, falling off of the floor, and, you know, uh, uh, hearing voices from all over the place that didn't exist, you know. When I give this to God, and I was, I was sure, by this time I was sure I had faith I was gonna take, that he was going to take care of the, all these defects of character that I have, you know. I was positive that he was taking him, you know, uh, uh, he was, he was going to definitely do it because I, by this time, you know, doing a step, step three, four, and five, I have faith because stuff, you know, start happening to me during this period, you know. I was not the same man, you know. Things was changing in my life, you know. I, I was uh, completely positive, you know. I believe in God. I have a, 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 I, I reborn in this, in this, uh, in, in these rooms, you know. I've, I have an, an, a, a completely a, a, a spiritual awakening, you know. By this time, I was completely positive you know, that all these uh, uh, resentments that I had to people, you know, from people that 90% of these resentments was in my mind, you know, that uh, I create most of the resentments. And when I find out that, you know, that the people that really that hurt me, you know, like some people really hurt you, you know, that I, when I find out that it's probably these people was as sick as I was, you know, because they probably had the same chain from, from before, you know, I start to, you know, to forgiving people because for me, to forgive people, it was just not for me, God damn it. I want to get even, I want revenge. I want you to suffer, I want you to kill you, I want you to, you know, 
to, to, to be down in the air and, and cry like a baby. That's the, you know, the, the resentments that I have inside, you know. I had to get even with people all the time, you know. And in step six, you know, I left all these things, you know, totally to God to take care of it. I'm going to finish with this. I wrote down a little bit of step seven, you know, if I can find it. See, after, after we finish, you know, step five, we do, we, we do a step six and we do a step seven together. So anyway, you know, I'm gonna finish with this. I'm gonna finish with the, with the um, step seven prayer that it says, uh, my creator, now I'm willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me, every single different character which is standing in the way of my useful, usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength so when I get up from here to you, you buy them. Amen. Okay, I hope you got something out of this because I was not even close. Thank you for listening to me. <laughs> I'm Michael, I'm an alcoholic. What's up, Michael? And a crystal meth addict. <laughs> What's up with that, right? What's up with that? And I have recovered. Oh, coffee's ready. I'm done. <laughs> um, David, thanks. I, I don't think I'm the only one, but I could really listen to you share your experience, strength, and hope all night. I mean, you know, timer or no timer. And step six, I think you did a great job of just standing up here and sharing that experience strength and hope and we we spoke most of like step one really but when ready step six when ready well how do i get ready how do i get beaten down just enough to give my life and my will over to god and all the good all the bad everything and then you talked about step Five, you know, and seeing that inventory and finding it really objectionable and just just seeing my words, but I've heard it enough is like, I've been doing it all wrong. Not because I'm a bad guy necessarily. I did some bad shit, but I'm not a bad person, but I don't have a better way of living. Like what you talked about being trapped in alcoholism, habitual alcoholism, being dependent on alcohol, getting the shakes, getting some physical withdrawals from alcohol and the other things that were running me. There's a lot of times when people outside of the rooms might look at addiction or alcoholism as, you know, a willpower or a bad living thing. Ah, they're just a screwed up person. They do that because they, they want to or they like it. In the beginning, that may have been true for me and for some of us, liking it or enjoying it. But at some point, if you remove the want, like I didn't want to do it. I got up in the morning and said, I'm actually not gonna do it, right? You, right? We can relate, right? And I did it anyways. So what David was describing for me was finding myself needing to drink and drug. It wasn't about choice after a while. It may have looked like that in the beginning, but at some point there was this need to get back to normal 
And without any other solution on the planet that I could find, because I wasn't going to Alcoholics Anonymous, I didn't have God in my life, the liquor store, alcohol, you know, the knocking on the dealer's door or whatever, or the stash I have, there was a ready supply of relief every single day to the problem I was having, which was on the inside and drinking and drugging temporarily fleeting quieted that down and and it's about the the 12 steps and getting to step six is about something that is going to remove the need to drink i didn't want to drink for a long time it's not about removing the want you know i mean there was times when i wasn't sure but i really need to have that part in me that needs to drink removed or changed and then I don't really have to worry about it. And that's what you talked about. And then we go through, if I have that step one experience, like you're talking about, like desperate step one experience, then I do step two, like there better be a God that's going to help me in this situation. Cause I've seen me doing me step three. Well, I'm going to try it out a little bit. Right. And then that inventory in step four and five that actually changes me like, I can't do this anymore. God, would you take my life and just do something with it? So that's when ready is all of those other steps to get us here. So thank you, David, for sharing tonight. And I'm going to go get some coffee. Thanks, Jason. I'm a recovered drug addict and alcoholic. Uh, thank you. You know, I, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Like, I just... I don't know, dude. My favorite part is just coming here and, like, being a part of each and every one of your experience when you come up here, you know, especially the 20-minute speaker. And I don't care who comes up here. Like, I can relate to each and every one of you. There's something there. And, you know, a lot of it, what just came to me is the fact that God's working in my life and God's working in each and every one of your lives that come up here. And so that, that power I can recognize right away, you know. Um, and whether or not I've had the same experiences or my alcoholism was to the same extent or drug addiction, it doesn't really matter. Um, listening to your story and relating to mine, I mean, there's an obvious spiritual malady, you know, from a very, very long time ago. And there's an obvious mental obsession. We're doing these things against our will. And then there's a solution. So, you know, that in itself is enough. For me to relate like really really relate and you said it to me before and i'll say it to you man you inspire me like to listen to a story like that and alcoholism that takes you to the to the pits and to the depths that you were at and then to see you here with years of sobriety that's an inspiration to me that's the power of god like that is real and those are the things that as part of me putting people around me today that encourage me to look inside myself to find God because that's what I see and that's what I need um, and they don't tell me how to do it um, it's, it's clear in our steps where we do it and how we do it uh, one thing you said that I can really relate to on a literal basis was the fact that you had your heart broken at 15 right and you took it out on women for a very long time for the rest of your life mine was 13 right and uh, I mean I married the woman seven years later, right? And uh, it, it's just, um, I, I was going through the level of destruction that I did in between and after that time, 
based on what you said, based on getting even. And I made a pact with myself. I will never get my heart broken again, ever. And I did some real damage, real damage, man, that I'll, I'll have to live with and ask God to help me with in my relationship for the rest of my life. But I'm okay with that today. It's rad. It, it's really cool. Um, the, the sixth step for me, I see it as like a bridge, right? Um, the willingness to have God remove these defects of character. All, everything I did up until that point is internal. And so from, from then on, it becomes external. And, and at the end of the seven-step prayer says, God, grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. And so what's God's bidding from my seventh step on? I start my amends process. I start continuing to be aware of my defects. See, Oliver told me a long time ago, God's not going to take your humanity, right? Because I used to get wrapped up in the fact that I got to be perfect after six and seven. That's not the case for me today. I can work a six step, more a seven step, because I'm, I can say I'm totally willing, man, totally, totally willing today. Um, but through a 10 step, like I, the book tells me, my 10 step says when these crop up. So if I'm entirely ready and I ask God to remove them, then why would they crop up again? It's pretty obvious to me that it's going to continue, right? And it says it takes a lifetime for me to do it. Um, but the willingness to recognize it, the willingness to ask God to remove it, the willingness to do something about it, talk to somebody about it, go make amends if I harm somebody, right? That, to me, shows a willingness. But the truth in my recovery today is, you know, I'm 47 years old. I used and drank. I was loaded for 30 years straight, from 88 to 18, literally, every single day. And I came into AA in 2018, right? Well, I have six months and 11 days sober today. So for anybody here to relate to where I'm at, you got to go back to when you had six months and 11 days sober. See, that's the case. I may sound like I know, well, I've been in here for four and a half years and I've been blessed. I've been through the steps multitude of times. I've branched out in literature. I've studied, studied, studied. But the truth is I got six months and 11 days and I need help. I need help, I need help, I need help. Every day, I have good days, I have bad days, I have tough days. I still think about calling the doctor and getting my pills. I still think about going hitting that bong. I think about having a drink, like that's the truth. But today I'm willing to have God remove these defects of character through action. And that, that to me is the most important thing, just willingness. And when I fight today, I fight on my knees, dude. I swear I do, that's how I do it. Because the battle come my way, and all I can do is fight on my knees because I can't do it. I can't get the willingness on my own either. So thanks for sharing tonight and um, allowing me to experience my recovery through listening to you because that's what I think is so beautiful about all of this. So thanks, man. Thank you. Arlene, alcoholic and drug addict. Uh, I just recently did my... <laughs> fifth and sixth step um and you're right about the willingness um just giving everything over to to your higher power um yesterday i came to church and it talked about um you know when you're when you're grieving um and it it, it not just you you can apply it to not just like when you lose someone you know because they pass away but relationships your job and and different things 
um, we tend to always want to just get over it, but not through it. And I think th that really hit me because I, I associated it with the way I drank and the way I did drugs. Because um, <clears throat> I, I, I just wanted to get over the situation and, and hurry up and, and jump into whatever was next um, and, and do it so-called being happy, you know, because when you're drunk and coked out, you're just happy. Um, for at, at first, at first, because after a while, <laughs> you, you realize you're, you know, you're, you're more of a slave to it. Um, and um, it really hit. It, it hit because of, well, everything that I've been experiencing. I hadn't cried since my grandma died, like in 2013. I refused to cry because there's no way this bossy bitch was going to cry. Nobody deserved for me to cry. Mm -hmm. And if they made me cry or made me feel like crying, then I shouldn't be talking to them. Um, and I was just, you know, so focused on, like, I guess, like, that revenge or that, you know, being tough and, and whatnot. Because you just want to get over things. Um, and so I started crying yesterday at church because it was, like, for the first time in my life, it's the first time that I'm, like, still going through a heartbreak but I'm actually going through it and I'm feeling the emotions of it. Sometimes I forget, sometimes it hits me, but I'm like, <laughs> it's weird. And I feel like I'm crazy sometimes because I mean, it hurts, but I'm actually like happy that I'm okay with feeling hurt and not wanting to, to, you know, run to the bar, or run to my friend's house with a bottle or a 30 pack you know, of a beer and, and, you know, want to be drunk all night and getting coked out and, and, you know, be on a bench like that for days. But I'm actually okay feeling what I'm feeling and knowing that because we continue to give it to God, we continue to let him direct our, our lives. We, we continue to, well, me, I continue to strive to do his will, not mine it like gets me through it, you know? No no matter how sad I feel about certain things sometimes, like, I'm like, wow, I'm actually like sitting here, I'm feeling this, I'm, I'm crying, but I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay, I'm not running, like I don't even want to go and get drunk. I don't want to, to go and get coked out like I, I used to. And, and I'm happy that I'm at home, that I, you know, my kids are about to, you know, walk back in or, that I'm about to go see my daughter or that I'm going to continue to do what, what I need to do. And that God's right there with me just the way he was while I was out there getting, you know, shit face drunk and doing all kinds of dumb stuff that put me in a lot of risky places, seeing a lot of bad stuff that, you know, um, uh, it was just, it, I was in a lot of bad places. Um, but now I'm, it just feels good to be okay even like on a sad day to be okay to feel heartbroken to be okay to sometimes feel upset or when you're having a really shitty day but you're okay with it because you're gonna continue to just do god's will and continue to see like how god can turn that around 
and bring something good out of it, like a good experience, a, a, a deeper strength, you know, for me as, as a person, for my, for my character, or, you know, to help someone else. Um, and I don't even know how or, you know, or, or why or whatnot, but, but I give it to him and it, it takes a huge, like, weight off of me. And I'm able to, you know, just kind of get through those 24 hours. And, well, tomorrow's not here yet. So, <laughs> well, I'll leave you guys with that. Thank you. My name is Elwin. I'm an alcoholic. Hola, Lita. Hola. I was cooking my, my lunch when Noemi called me and said, David's going to share in a meeting in English. I was, okay. I never say no to an invitation because this is the way that I think about meetings. That's the way that I receive directions from my higher power. And um, I'm very happy. Thank you for your sharing. Um, I was thinking that I'm always care a lot. I'm always seek perfection. That's what I don't like to share in English because I think my English is not perfect, but I don't, I don't care that. I don't care about that anymore. <laughs> Since I accept myself, that's the, the, the only way that I can go through the steps and with my life. So I'm very grateful to be here. So thank you for the invitation and thank you for your sharing. Thanks. Hi, I'm Luis, I'm an alcoholic. Let's see if we can get this microphone working. Uh, willingness. David, gracias for coming in and sharing. And um, welcome to our, to our first timers, visitors. You know, I was, I was sitting there, I was thinking about willingness and um, Earlier today, I was reading one of the devotionals that I have, and it talked about, you know, how we, the book early in the, early in the book, it says that this new power, and we go from lack of power and we tap into this new power. And it's, uh, when I came in here, I was so broken. So uh, I know what it's like to be desperate as a drowning man, because in about 1995, I was drowning um, right next to Scripps, next to La Jolla Shores. And... When I got out of the water, well, while I was in there drowning and fighting for my life, I heard this voice say to me, don't fight, don't fight. And I immediately just let go and let the water just take me where I wanted to go. And I knew when I got out of the water that I had just heard God speak to me. And I shared it with my brother and my, and my friend. That, and then I just kept moving forward with my life, you know, uh, because... He had saved me, and I and I had gone back to my self-will. Like, you know, I don't even think I said thank you to him. And this summer, my son was in a summer camp at in Point Loma for tennis, and I took my daughter back to the to this beach, and I was going to, I knew with full intention to tell her the story of the, the first time I heard God speak to me. And as we're walking and I'm telling her the story, I look to my right and I'm saying, that's where your aunt got married. You're... And then I remember, that's, that's exactly also where my last drunk was, in the same sp space, the same beach, the same place where I first heard God would be the last place that I would get drunk. 
And I wouldn't be able to connect those dots until, you know, 17 years later. Or no, what is that? No, it's 30 years. Almost 30 years. 1995 to 2022, right? I can't even do the math, but... 27 years. 27, right? That's how long it took for me to recognize that God's always been there. We can't connect the dots looking forward, only looking backwards. And so this willingness, God provided me with the power early when I got here so I could be successful of going through these steps. But what I observe sometimes is some of our brothers and sisters come in and they tap into that power and they're like, oh, I got what I need and they go back out. But the power is so we can get through, we can get through this. You know, it was Jose who taught me when I was going through my divorce. The program teaches us to ask God to remove. Take it away, God, I don't want to feel it. I'm afraid. But he said, you have an opportunity to invite your higher power to walk with you through it. It's how we're going to grow. It's how we're going to grow. And I think that's why it's important to keep coming back and be surrounded by people who are further along the journey that can say, hey, I know the program teaches this, but this is actually what worked for me, right? And it's just a shift. And it's basically where we start to invite our higher power so then that way we can build God confidence. Page 42 talks about that my defense has to come from my higher power. And so the moment I, I let my higher power be my defensive end, be, have my back, then I can now lean forward into my purpose in life. And that's what I discovered here, which is how to live on purpose. I was surviving, but this program is designed to help us thrive. And so it comes to willingness. Am I willing to invite my higher power to be, walk with me through the challenges that, that are in front of me, which is we slide backwards but we grow uphill, going uphill. This whole thing is basically always uphill. And we, the only way I, to really get up to that mountain is to lean forward. And when we get up there, we get to see the view of that vision. And then we see, oh, now there's another peak. And we keep growing, right? Because we're not supposed to rest on our laurels. We're not supposed to rest at that at that first peak that we get through we're just a, and the next peak really is giving it away right page 153 so then you will just discover you will know what it's like to witness people rediscover their life and that's what i'm all about today so thank you for letting me share thank you david you could definitely relate to um your story and everyone here. Um, I'm really appreciative, you know, the, the fact that I have the opportunity to get a second chance, I'm going to call it, right? Like, I'm really in love with my family, you know, and my character defects, you know, it was just about blaming others and not taking responsibility, people pleasing, right? Being loyal to the friends and treating my family like crap, you know, the ones that love me, you know? So, I remember going to therapy at the age of 26, and all I did was blame my wife, right, about things. And <laughs> it 
So this program has taught me to, you know, to be humble, you know, to be open because pride and ego was just my worst enemy, you know. I know that I'm a gift, you know, in a sense where, you know, whatever those negative stuff I've been through now, it's a gift because I'm a mentor through different programs and I'm able to help young people and I go to weekend retreats and, man, I'm just grateful, man, that I get this opportunity to give it back and pay it forward and, I love my granddaughters. You know, we have twins and they're turn four. And I mean, just for me to be there where there's alcohol and my son, 24, and seeing him drink and and do what I did at that age, you know. And again, to be able to be there for them and just instead of want to be out at the club or partying or drinking or drugging or whatever, like I, I want to be there and, and be with there with my family, you know. So that brings me joy where before I can even see joy in anything, you know. You know, um, you know, what are the programs that I participate? I had to make a mission statement. My mission statement is I co-create the world of love and peace by not judging, by being patient and by listening. And all I did before was compare myself to other people. Oh, they're homeless or they're missing their teeth, you know, or, you know, they're divorced. Like, how the hell can I be an alcoholic, right? And I'm over there thinking I'm better than other people, you know, like, I remember going to Spanish meeting and you know this whole ego and pride and also hombre de la casa and all that stuff and I, and I was like this ain't for me man this is my dad at the podium you know and got a DUI and I freaking hated the highway patrol guy man and honestly now that I see it he was my biggest gift because it, it peeled a lot of that and I started to get help and I started going to therapy and, and I started um, going to my therapist recommended me to this program and, and because of that I became willing, and and now my life is a full circle, you know. And I and, and one thing I asked God was about the fellowship, you know. And the fellowship is like there's times where I go bike riding, you know, motorcycle riding with friends from AA. I got other friends invite me to play cards, you know. And I'm having a lot of fun in sobriety, man. And and I, my wife goes to meetings with me now, you know. And we're working a lot of cool stuff, you know. Like I know that one of the things is like the careers that we had before and different things we've done, they say, hey, most people end up divorced. And, and like, I work harder now, you know, if it means that I go get help, uh, if it means that we work this program harder, you know, I do it. Because where I did before was if I wanted to get drunk, I'll end up knowing who had alcohol. I'll go across the border. I exactly knew the effort that it took for me to keep loaded and, and finding alcohol. And I got some cool stories later, but, um, but I, I know others got to share. So thank you. <laughs> Elena, alcoholic. Elena. Uh, um, I've i just been like reflecting on the past thirty days of when I've been, you know, not drinking and trying to um, really listen to God and reconnect with Him, um, and like willingness, like trying to really follow His will and trying to be really observant and kind of try to see him in different situations and I feel like it's been definitely like a roller coaster of a lot of highs and a lot of lows and like this past week I had a cool encounter with this person that I was just delivering um, this a gift for my job and right when I opened the door we were talking and she was like can I pray for you and I was really taken back because I was like what do you mean you know like so it was cool to have, I, I knew God was working through her and I feel like there's been two 
um, situations where I felt like God really sent that person in my life to tell me um, a message that I'm still loved, that, you know, he's forgiven me for the mistakes that I've done and things that I've been like really wrestling with in my head. And um, so that's been like really encouraging, but then I have moments where, you know, I have two cases that are pending and I'm just thinking about what the outcomes are gonna be, what the consequences are gonna be. And like hearing like from my lawyers, like, you know, like what it could be and like hearing from other people who have similar stories, um, like, I'm trying to stay positive and like just continue to follow what God like I know all the promises that God makes and like keep like offers to us but like you know it's it's easy to to fall into a black hole and and start thinking about oh what if what if and um like I find myself like when I'm like just enjoying something like thinking about like in a few months like you know, I'm not going to have this opportunity or I'm not going to be able to have the freedom to drive places and do things alone and like things like that. So I'm trying not to like mourn things that haven't like died yet, I guess, you know, opportunities that haven't died yet, like um, and be positive. But yeah, thank you. <laughs> Hi, my name is Oliver and I am an alcoholic. Chavzito, thank you, man. I know you. I love you. Thank you for sharing. And, uh, you know, you, you talked about so many things, man. Fear, that fear that lived with me all my life. You know, that, how real that fear is. How paralyzing that fear is. And the only thing that takes that fear away is the drinking and the drugging and the codependency and the everything that I have done in my life, right? Because I was ill-equipped to live my life without alcohol and drugs. That's just the truth. And then you talked about angels, man, that they were sent to you so you can come here. And I was thinking about how many angels have been through my life, you know? I mean, people that I thought really is they hurt me, you know? If it wasn't because of all of that, I wouldn't be here today. So. You know, it's, it's a different way of, of looking at my life today, you know, yeah. You know, I, this weekend, I, I spent this weekend with friends and with my girlfriend, which is always a treat. The, and I was with, with, with a woman that works for us that she's, she's more than at work. She's, she's like my family, but she, she's working for us now. And, and, and she said something to my girlfriend that really impacted me and says, I really don't know where this man came from. And she was referring to me. Says, what I see, I cannot believe. This wasn't Oliver. And I asked myself, and I asked myself what happened, but I can't figure it out. So when I heard that, and that's somebody that knows me since I'm seven years old, man. I mean, she can't be faking it. I mean, she's like my mom. You know, and truly today I can tell you guys that I'm, I'm not the same guy that I have had a huge transformation that had absolutely nothing to do with me. I cannot give credit to me or my effort or my will or my knowledge or my reading or my nothing. It was something that happened through me through, for the grace of God. And the miracle happened when I was willing on the sixth step. I was tired, man. I was, you know, I didn't do the sixth and the seventh step out of conviction. I didn't do any steps out of conviction. 
I was lost, brother. I didn't have any other way to do it. So, I mean, either I give it all away and stop suffering or kill myself. I mean, I couldn't live anymore. I, I, I was really, I was really, really hurting, man, sober, you know. When, when you're using drugs, the pain goes and comes, man. There's not enough pain that a bottle of whiskey can't solve or, or a bottle of pills. And there's no anxiety that a few volumes won't take away. But when you're sober, man, 24-7, and the craziness hits, there's nowhere to run. You see, and then you try everything, and I tried everything under my power, sober, everything. The relationship, everything, and nothing worked. So I was stuck. So for me, the sixth step, I was willing, but not because I was happily willing or ready to be willing, but because if, you see, if I wasn't willing, I was going to die, man. It's as simple as that. So that's when I made my pact with God, and I said, here you go, man. I can't do it. Life beat me up. I'm done. Do whatever the hell you want. And there's days that I struggle with my old me. I love to be a big shot. Love to dress in a suit. I love to handle millions of dollars. I love to have money. I have it. I love all that. I don't have all that today. So some days I struggle. So my humanity and my and my fears and all that they're still with me, but that I'm not alone with them. You know. Today the grace of God is very apparent in my life. I've been, I've been blessed to be reading a bunch of, of books and everybody talks about the same thing. Self-realization. And what does that mean? To recognize the God within, for me. So things that happen today in my life are just, they're blessings. If I like him, that's okay. If I don't, that's okay too. But that's the blessing of ADA to me, man. I just, God gave me a different heart. I don't know how to explain it. Just like Magali said, I don't know where this man came from, and I don't either. I really don't know. I have service all over my heart, man. The more I want to live what I'm doing and coaching, I'm coaching people, I'm sponsoring people, I'm, I'm thinking about opening a treatment center. Everything has to do with service, everything. And the more I want to go and do business and just concentrate about money, my heart is not there anymore. So that was done for me. I didn't do that. And that's the miracle of AA. That's a miracle of the seventh step. We give our lives, or I gave my life to him to do with it whatever he pleased. And that was the strongest and the hardest thing every day. Because you give it up to him, good and bad, so he can do whatever he wants from it, right? To do what? To service him and others. Not for me to become a millionaire or be this or that or the other. It's about service. So, I don't know, man. I'm just extremely grateful today of being sober. I love to hear you speak. I saw your transformation. So I love you, Cabo. Like I love a lot of you in these rooms, you know? And that's what I have in my heart a lot of today. A lot of love, man. I cry easy now. And I love to cry. It's good. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast.